Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. We've got complicated and divisive opinions about Alex Garland's complicated and divisive sci-fi think piece, Annihilation. Along the way, you'll get spoilers for both the Annihilation film and mild and or abstract spoilers for the novel from which it was adapted, as well as spoilers for Marvel's The Avengers. Hey, welcome to one of those episodes that only like 10 people listen to because this movie's <laughs> flopping big time. <laughs> uh, and I thought that this episode would probably be one of the few opportunities that Abby gets to really brag about her superior cinephile status over and against the missing Tyler Hands. Abby's on the show tonight. I am. And that means that Abby saw a film called Annihilation. I did, and Tyler didn't. Tyler did not see it. Tyler can't handle it. Shoot. He can't handle it. He was no, really he's upset. he's not smart enough. Matt, you, did, you saw Annihilation. Sure did. And you were on he's the show. He's not smart enough? Yeah. <laughs> Tyler ain't smart enough. He doesn't get it. The smart movie for smart yeah. people. Pat, Patrick's on uh, the smart movie. Yep, I'm here. And uh, guess who's back for the first time in a little back bit? Uh, Josiah DePauli's on the show tonight. It's me. Which makes me want to go to our website right now as we're recording and find out what the last movie is. Josiah, can you guess before I look it up? And Best of Pixar, wasn't it? The last one that Joe No, was that on? was forever oh, ago. What do you think? Was it like a throwaway? <laughs> 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 Another one of these throwaway episodes that no one listens to? No, it was... He, he was on both... Uh, go ahead, Abby. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I don't remember. He was on both Planet of the Rise oh, yeah, yeah. and oh, Dawn yeah, of Planet right. of the Rise. I remember that funny trivia you had for us. So but I actually don't remember it. About then bef- yeah, about how the <laughs> ape genitals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't say anything. Let people go back and listen to that episode. It's worth revisiting for that joke. <laughs> Shout out to ape genitals. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever runs the you hate quotes, uh, that's gold for you right there. Shout out to the ape genitals. That's a freebie. Uh, so that was in July of 2017, <laughs> and before that, he was on December of 2016, Home Alone versus Home Alone oh 2, yeah. some of Josiah's greatest Infamous. So maybe this is your annual stop, I yeah, guess. This is, <laughs> this is the 2018 pop-in. Uh, my whistle stop. Yeah. Now, before we get into what everyone has to say about Annihilation, um, I wanted to preface the conversation with a bit of a justification on doing the episode, because I think the justification is twofold. One... Um, we have lots of thoughts about Annihilation. True. I'm assuming, like, uh, I've already heard some of them, and they are numerous and aplenty. And two, Annihilation, to me, seems like the type of movie that not only generates thoughts, <laughs> generates conversation, but one that we would like to be honoring with an episode, not even necessarily because we all loved it or we all hated it, but because... It's refreshing to have a divisive movie. It's refreshing to have a movie that um, generates conversation and critique in a, uh, what I'm, I'll go as far as to say is like a meaningful or even profound type of way. Profound and not necessarily the movie itself, but profound in that um, it is not your average movie-going experience, right. uh, especially to have A-list actors and a big budget behind it. Uh, Annihilation feels a bit like the type of movie that at the end of the year you have to read some articles, find a rabbit trail, and then go track down this VOD movie um, and go, oh, I found this special gem. But Annihilation was a well-advertised for this type of movie. Uh, yeah. promoted the trailer ran before a lot of big blockbusters in the summer and I had to my, hide my eyes quite often um, <laughs> the you know the director was on the heels of 
uh, the his first movie, Ex Machina, which was really well received by critics and audiences. And, you know, it was led by the Annihilation's led by Natalie Portman. So it has all these, you know, elements that make it more than just, a, oh, there's this hidden Netflix gem. And yet it does not watch like a summer popcorn, you know, sci-fi. Right. Satis- clear satisfaction, satisfy, especially not to satisfy every audience member. So with that said, um, Patrick, what's your l- little blurb on Annihilation before we get into it? Um, I didn't read the book. First of all, I I, tr- I wanted to, but the list of the library was absurdly long. <laughs> it's like I was number three hundred <laughs> or something. That's what happens now. when you wait till a movie's coming. Yeah, out. I guess that was crazy. <laughs> anyway, well, I have an anecdote before you give your thing. Okay, yeah. I was at the library a couple of days ago, and uh, you, I don't know if our listeners know this, but you can reserve books at the library, e- even if they don't have them at the library, they will order them for you. That's really important resource yeah. to you, Library listeners. Library is great. Uh, and the they'll put know. them on a special shelf al- uh, organized alphabetically by your last name. So Patrick and I have the same last name, so I, I'll see what he has at the library when I go to get what I got at the library. And I saw that he did receive the second book <laughs> oh, man, that's in the, the trilogy, <laughs> oh, but not Annihilation. And also, book three is on my shelf from the library. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Still waiting on book one. <laughs> so what would you think? Uh, I liked it. If I had to rank it, which I would. I would say it's a three and a half out of five. I thought it was really um, challenging to um, think about afterwards, you know, but uh, in a good way, I think uh, I really, I enjoyed it. Weird. It's a weird one, but good. Yeah, I felt the same way. I did read the book um, and I enjoyed the book very much personally. Um, uh, specifically Annihilation. I have a lot more nitpicks about the entire trilogy, but uh, I felt like Annihilation worked as an isolated novel, and I liked it quite a bit. And I liked the movie quite a bit as well. Um, I have nitpicks, and even, uh, I guess you'll say, I guess we could, we'll see that there are, um, in some cases, more than nitpicks. But overall, I left feeling very satisfied with the movie for a couple of reasons. One is because it, the good, for me, far outweighed any bad. And two, I was just like, oh, that's cool that it, there's a movie that's challenging like this and uh, kind of is a very unconventional blend of genres and topics and um, not very satisfying in a conventional way. Mm-hmm. So overall, I enjoyed Annihilation, which brings us to Josiah DePauly, who I'm sure will have some thoughts. Josiah? I have some thoughts. Yeah, uh, I read the book, which I had a love-hate relationship with, as some people will remember. Um, I loved parts. I hated other parts. <laughs> that's, that's what that means. I, I remember um, that. And so much so that the parts that I hated, I was excited for this movie quite a bit. And I loved four-fifths of this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I think I get that already. <laughs> I think I know which fifth. Can I yeah. ask real quick before we... Uh, well, maybe we'll get into it in a little bit, but is is your love-hate relationship with the novel comparable to your love-hate relationship with oh. the film? Or are they very different? No, they're different. Oh, wow, yeah, okay. Different. Interesting. Abby, what did you think of Annihilation? And um, did you read the book? I read most of the book, and then Josh finished... Uh, the rest for me so that I didn't have to finish it. What? Th- like he read it to you? No, he just told me about it. Yeah, uh, w- we were reading it concurrently 
Um, and I was way more into it in than she was to the degree that she said, ah, just tell me what happens. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just thought it was getting kind of slow. Sounds right, yeah. But I remember enough about it that I wanted to see the movie, and I saw the trailers, and it looked good. Um, and I liked the movie. For probably more than four-fifths, maybe like seven-eighths. Okay. <laughs> mm. wow, all right. It's okay. a math. Right up to the, right up to the <laughs> end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt he credits credits sucked, man. This movie <laughs> <laughs> That's actually absolutely correct. We've got some uh, a lot of the same kind of thing being said over here. Matt, are you going to shake things up? No, I mean I read it. I enjoyed it. I, much like you, have mixed feelings about the remainder of the trilogy. I saw the movie. I liked the movie. I <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, we traded Matt Hughes for a robot <laughs> <Sorry>. copy. <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking about how it it reminded me in ways of Ex Machina. Like, obvi- it was obviously written by the same guy and shot, even though it's vastly different. One is a very claustrophobic movie. One's a huge, sprawling wilderness. Um, I really enjoyed kind of Alex Garland's vil- vision and writing of it, much like I did with Ex Machina. Yeah. You know what I like about this guy so far, two movies in, is that um, I guess time will tell as he makes more movies. But so far, two in, he's a decided genre filmmaker yep. with an emphasis on science fiction. But in both films, and more so in Annihilation, he has this penchant for horror that kind of shows up out of nowhere. And, and horror is way more effective, um, in, and by that I mean way more horrifying when it does show up out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that's fun about an overtly horror movie and they can, those can be effective. But when you sit in for a movie that you think is about an AI and might be kind of creepy yeah. and then all of a sudden it becomes horrifying, uh, that's way more effective. And I frankly was shocked by how horror annihilation yes. went and, and pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So you think you're you're getting one movie with the first, I don't know, half hour or 45 minutes. Um, and there's a hint of it with the alligator scene, especially the very uh, traditional scare, which worked on me where oh, the, that jump scare the young lady is snatched into the mm-hmm. little boathouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the alligator itself is like this monster, essentially, right. that's Oof. lumbering at them. And I was like, I, I became very tense. Right, because it just kept yeah. coming. Yeah. And I was like frantically <laughs> trying to remember the book. I was like, I don't remember this. Yeah. Is someone going to get eaten? Wait, we've already strayed so far from the book. Now I have no idea. Like the stakes are suddenly so high. I had no idea what was going to happen because I was like, this thing isn't dying. Are we Are we talking about the book? Patrick was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk about okay. the book. Well, we don't want to ruin it yeah, for him though. Let's know, just broad like strokes the yeah, book. Okay, instead yeah, of we won't do like specifics. I'm I mean, do maybe. Some specifics. All right. <laughs> <laughs> JoJo's going to do some specifics. <laughs> do it, JoJo. Oh, no. I was just, I was just oh, saying, okay. in, ge- in general, I don't yeah. want to spoil Patrick's night. No. But here's the thing with the, the horror elements. I think my, the biggest nitpick I have with the movie is that uh, those elements were so cool to me that I wanted that movie more than mm-hmm. what the movie ended up becoming tw- especially towards the end you know yeah i remember you saying that when we came yeah, out of the theater like, some of that part was so neat and so unique 
and original for like a horror like, like elements like the bear the horror using the lady's of that voice bear. and everything bear. I was like that is such a cool element and these yeah. people are completely unsafe there's like they're just getting picked off they're waiting to get picked off and hoping they can just walk to this place before they do and then it kind of you know didn't finish in that element but uh, I was yeah. like oh man that that part is cool I wanted to see more of that yeah know? it was it was frustrating because the so you have the alligator scene and then the scene of the found footage yep. was when oh. the movie ups the stakes on the horror and yeah. you're like oh significantly <laughs> that, that to me and did that work for you guys because I talked to people afterwards that were picking on that scene I'm like are you nuts like that thing cheesy. terrified oh, me yeah. Well, the, people didn't like that part. Yeah, that part was some of the best use of found footage in a it? really long it time. It was super, super good. I'm like with Oscar, Oscar Isaac's like crazy hair and his eyes yeah. just like staring like mentally into the camera, yeah. and the lights all shaky. And then that part where you know what they're gonna find, yeah. like you know what the women are gonna find, and then like she reaches down into the dirty water and the knife comes up and you're like, oh my gosh, and that terrifying intestine oh. is moving in there. Yeah. It was so good. That, just, yeah, oh. that brought back some like, you know, Ridley Scott and Alien or David Cronenberg, like yeah. the body horror, yeah. this yes. idea of something Cronenberg. inside you uh, in a way that was like really disarming because it's broad daylight. They're wandering around. They're in this open space. It's right. not scary, but what they've learned now is deeply horrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then you know that the movie is like, oh, it's willing to take us there, so now I don't know what's going to happen. Right. It's, it's almost like a threat yeah. for what, what is to come. And they deliver on that threat in particular with the bear scene, Ooh, um, so which to me was some of the best or the one of the most well-directed mm -hmm. horror scenes mm -hmm. in recent memory mm -hmm. that I'm willing to forgive some of the things that I pick on in the movie because I was absolutely scared of yeah. like legitimately yeah. scared of that scene. That especially. thing was looking in the camera at us and I know. screaming. <laughs> and screaming in a dead lady's voice. Yeah. yeah I, I remember talking to Patrick after we saw the movie, just the amount of time that Alex Garden, Garland let the bear's head just rest on Tessa Thompson's shoulder. Uh, like that yes. shot was so long and neither the bear nor the camera moved. And it just kept, I was like, okay, like I'm ready for the jump scare breathe. that's coming. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. And it just, that build of suspense was, and then not pulling back from it, mauling Gina Rodriguez to death. I was like, oh, that, this is like, this me. is the payoff. Yeah. I think like all of a sudden, because if it had cut away, I'd be like, oh, man, that's really annoying in PG-13. But I was like, I'm so full of dread. And now I just saw this thing absolutely eviscerate someone. Yeah, that's, it ate her up. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we chatted about that a little bit. Like it almost kind of reminded me of not entire girl, the dragon tattoo. Oh, <laughs> sure. Like that, yeah. Where it's like, just like you, I sat there and like, I figured like most movies you see, the thing's going to like bite at her and it'll cut away to like their reactions. Yeah. And you're just like stuck there watching like this mauling happen. And yeah. It was horrific. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. The, yeah awesome. <laughs> Agreed. The, yeah. The, so cool. I think that's one of the best um, arguments for correct usage of violence as a spectacle in a movie because the... Uh, the gore in Annihilation is relegated to pretty much just two scenes. Uh, the intestines, which you see found footage, and that's a little bit like surreal and kind of otherworldly. Right. And then the mauling, um, 
give or take another a couple of violent things that happen. But the mauling is so intense that it creates this like uh, you know one of those paradigm. Or those, there's moments in movies or certain movies that, that develop a legacy for a scene. You know, like when people talk about Alien. Alien is this whole thing. It's the whole film is wonderful and it's, it has a reputation for a reason, but people will always talk about the chest burster scene Absolutely. because it, mm-hmm. it stands out as this like jarring moment that like the whole audience has an experience together. Yeah. And to me that felt like the, the bear scene for the same reason that you guys are describing. It could have been really easy to pull the punch on that. And there's probably a way they could have done it and made it still scary. Like, you know, it's happening sure. off screen and it's scary, but it was just uh ruthless and yeah, yeah. To the degree that I think I like audibly made a sound sitting next to Abby, like I was like, "God!" Because <laughs> it was just like <laughs> really shocking, and especially since the movie had not been at that intense visually up until that point, um, which is really really uh, clever directing on his part because he puts us like you guys are describing in a scene where you're so uncomfortable and so miserable with dread. Only to then say, now you you have to watch this thing that you yeah. don't want to see. And we'd already knew that the bear had murdered the lady because we'd seen her body in the woods. And yeah. we were already tense from Gina Rodriguez's character, like, clearly yeah. losing her mind. So there was already this, oh, like, right, yeah. tension. Yeah. We Nothing were, was safe. We yeah. were, like, put into this tent. They're tied to chairs by their teammate. And it's already tense. And then all of a sudden... We're like, oh my gosh, how is the dead lady back alive? Oh, there's a yeah. hyena bear man <laughs> inside the room yeah. with them. The use uh, of the voice, it manipulating her voice was just oh, that was so they, I don't know if you guys read any of the stuff online about like the production of that bear. Um, but I just, I assumed at first that they just kind of took a regular bear and like deteriorated it. But they were talking about how they actually kind of like meshed elements of a human skull into like a bear skull. Oh, wow. And that's what makes it so like kind of off-putting. Aside the, from the, everything else, the dis- creature yeah, design was to me like superb. Yeah, it was like exactly yeah. <laughs> the scariest version of that thing. Yeah, yeah, because it could have easily that that it could have looked so goofy. Exactly, there's like didn't. so many ways it could have not been effective, and it was very effective, especially if someone described to you like, "Oh, it kind of has a skull face," and you're like, eh. uh, "Come on now." Yeah, and the way yeah. it was shot was great too, because you you kept wanting to see what it looked like, and they would show you a lot, but not the whole thing or right. not too yeah. much. Yeah, it was lit yeah. really well. Yeah, so uh, we're talking a lot about the things that worked really well. And there's there's more than that. I mean, like the, the pacing of the movie was effective. Mm-hmm. The flashback element, I thought, was, was well done. And um, there were things that deviated from the novel in big ways that served the movie well. Right, um, sure. But uh, by the time she makes it to the lighthouse, mm. the movie has raised the stakes to the degree that you're like, dude, if I've seen all that, this <laughs> oh, is the yeah, climax. Yeah. What's going to happen in here? And uh, the way Mike Jensen described it was that, like, she finally finds the psychologist down in the, you know, the alien hive at the bottom of the lighthouse, which at that point I was still like, ooh, neat. What's going yeah, on? Super cool. And uh, then uh, <laughs> Mike's like, and then she turned into a, a window screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> that's when she got into the lighthouse. And got down into that hole. That's when I kind of lost it. Where I was like, mm-hmm. even before the screensaver. Yeah, well, it's just so one of the only things that I had heard about the movie before going into it was that one of the changes he had made was that like the tunnel and the lighthouse were the same thing because in the right. book it's like the lighthouse is this 
a place they're going to and like what they the describe tower. as the tunnel is yes. like this weird kind of like tunnel into the earth and that's a separate thing and he kind of combined them and especially when they started hitting some of their like refraction theory stuff which by the way when I was sitting there in my theater we're watching it when she like kind of puts that thesis out there yeah this guy who's sitting a couple seats down from me leans over to his buddy and just loudly whispers what's refraction (laughs) (laughs) and I just sat there thinking Oh, you, you sweet summer child, you yeah. are. It's not the movie for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, things, why don't you go see crazy. Black Panther again, bud? They're just trying to participate, man. Uh-huh. Um, but at that point, I was so amped for some of the stuff in the book that, like, when it when they get into that whole tunnel. Oh, yeah. Which I was, like, waiting. Because in the book, there's kind of, like, this progressive, like, exploration of that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, if they can pull that off in the movie, there's a back and forth, yeah. awesome. Yeah. But it was, like... I felt like time was running out and I was so ready by the time she got in there. And then it's just kind of like this weird hole in the ground and you miss like, I think a lot. of Yeah, I agree. The, without giving too much away for Patrick, I will say that the, the payoff to me and there's, I mean the, (laughs) it's weird because the movie itself is already so strange and so surreal. And we came out of the theater, me and Abby talking about it. And Abby had remembered way more of the novel than I thought. And I was like, well, there was this in the novel. She was like, yeah, but this and this. And we were kind of like catching each other out because it's been years since we'd read it at that point. And we we're like, man, as weird as that movie is, the novel's still a much weirder story. Just, yes. Uh, and, but even so, the payoff of the lighthouse in the novel, I think, is better than the payoff of the lighthouse in the movie. And specifically, if they could have come up with a way, <laughs> if they like, if they would have taken my notes, <laughs> if Alex Garland, and I realized the way he's, he claims to have adapted the novel by like reading it once and then not really thinking a lot about it and then just adapting it from memory. Um, I think it's pretty neat. It is. Yeah, and like, cool. he's, a, he's like a, obviously a skilled screenwriter so he used what he had in his head as a basis to write his own kind of story and a lot of it lines right up and other parts deviate in big ways but uh i was thinking man the real or the the source material conclusion to the story would have worked in his movie really well uh or at least something like it especially since he had upped the like intensity so yeah so much um especially with the all the stuff like you guys are talking about the the tower the tunnel and the crawler um, but since those things aren't in the film, uh, what you get is like this weird, uh, service to the refraction theory and the copies the copy thing is yeah. an element in the trilogy. But yeah, when, when I, she turns into a screensaver, I was already like, okay, well that just, wasn't the best, but maybe <laughs> we're still getting something cool here. I loved the end. Yeah. I, I don't know. Of I the movie? S- yeah. Really? I lo- I loved it. I love that. <laughs> I love that she goes down there and Ventress is down there and, and Ventress disappears. Yeah. What about the screensaver? You liked yeah. the screensaver? She's like, bum, 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 bum. like the fact that there was like <laughs> a, a twenty-minute, like, no dialogue, weird. To me, it it felt like he was doing something as like high art as like the end of two thousand and one, a space odyssey. Like I was like, oh. All of a sudden, we've gone from like, hey, this is a great sci-fi movie to like, oh, this is like an ageless like science fiction. You mean when she was dancing with the Capri Sun? Yeah, Yeah. dude. (laughs) I kept good. I kept hearing beforehand the only stuff I saw floating on online is like, this movie is cool and it gets real weird. So I I loved that. I was 
hyped to see the end because I thought a lot of the stuff that we were discussing about like the end of the book. Right. One of the issues I had with the book is like I don't think he did a great job of like explaining the unexplainable. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if Dang you're looking it, at that. if you're looking for explanations, <laughs> but, uh, don't even go near that yeah, trilogy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good great. Yeah. Leave the back half of that trilogy well alone. <laughs> and if uh, and if you must, then stop at Annihilation. Right. <laughs> And so I was like, I was hyped because that's one reason I remember telling you guys like, oh man, I think the movie is going to be better than the book just because it'll be interesting to see how some of this stuff is actually brought to life. And then I don't think it was honestly that weird. Like it just wasn't that weird to me. And maybe because, maybe because I played video games, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> man, what's ro- what's up with video games these days? Video games will ruin you for science There's fiction spoiler movies. For when, she's, when she's dancing around that thing, I just kept saying like, just rotate to the other side of the room and drop that thing <laughs> in the hole and then get out of there. It's like Dark Link I, from Ocarina I, of Time. <laughs> I, I did have that thought. I was like, yeah, if it's mirroring you, you yeah. could just drop it in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> I did think like, that. I was on. like, I'd figured that out. That's just an easy like puzzle on the she way to the panicked, main boss. Man. She was panicked. I'm sitting there and like it, that scene unfolds for so long and I'm just like... It's but we've seen this. We got to admit Pilgrim. that, like that scene, the sound design in that scene was amazing. It was great. Oh, yeah. The sound design sound was really cool. effective, and I like it. Did again because it went on for so long, it did get really tense for me. And then it started crushing her against the door, and I was like, "What is going on?" And then I was thinking about all this stuff that had been discussed about like self destruction. I was like, "Oh, is this that playing itself out in like reality?" And she is mm-hmm. destroying herself by like crushing the life out of herself. Just like Oscar Isaac's like sat there with that grenade and killed himself. I thought that was I thought that was just a really cool kind of visual unpacking of some of the themes that had been discussed through the movie. That's that's fine, and I I want to be I want to admit that like I did not fundamentally dislike the ending per se. The screensaver for me was to the point where I was just like, well, that's dumb. But the Capri Sun Man. And by that, I'm referencing a commercial from the 90s. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or if you want to say it, Alex Mack, man. You know, or it looked like a chrome man. Oh, that yeah. parody where they all get, the like, goes horror at the end. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> There's a Capri Sun parody? We can cover that later. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tyler, put that on the website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's basically like Annihilation. We should go see <laughs> more than about it. <laughs> uh, the... It, there were elements of it that were cool. I liked when she was looking into that cosmic butthole for a while and mm-hmm. like the, uh, all the sound design was getting super intense. Yeah. So I was still with it. And, and honestly, I did think of 2001 because there is this element of like it's departed from where we've been and now it's just going to make you ask a lot of questions. And I like that. But like <laughs> the the movie had done so much to... Uh, take you into such visually dark and upsetting places that for it to end with more of a whim, almost whimsical, like, huh, weird, to me felt like uh, it did not stick the landing or it um, left, like, I wanted something to be even more intense than the bear scene. Mm. I wanted to, like, okay, well, that wasn't even the climax. So the climax... Not necessarily violent, not necessarily scary, but in terms of like upping the tension and horror, the existential dread, all that stuff. Especially like you're saying, given the themes that they had broached throughout the film, mm-hmm. I thought that there was going to be a visual symmetry between all those things. And you, it's yeah. a thinker for sure. Yeah. And I did, I didn't think like, God, this is so dumb, I hate it. But I had that sense while the scene was playing out that like, oh, this is going to be it, huh? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this isn't going to be that's as satisfying. Yeah, as I and thought. I thought I felt like throughout the movie they were they would introduce weird things and then tie them up. Like they were like, "Why did that bear scream?" And then they would say, "Well, it feels like the cells are, you know, whatever connecting." And and then, uh, <laughs> man, you're a good screenwriter <laughs> too, Patrick. Patrick's exposition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they were like introducing weird things and then like, "Oh, we're figuring it out as we go." And then it seemed like in the same way we're going to get the big extreme version of the ending now we're also going to get the big reality because it was kind of telling us truths as we go and then it just kind of sprawled into like who knows man it's it's out there <laughs> it's, i'll I tell you though the 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 movie did way more to explain yeah. the phenomenons than the novel did that's one thing i like actually didn't like because the the novel like i said is, is trying to like explain the unexplainable and i think that's at first when I read it, I didn't like it, but the more I thought about it, it's like, oh, this is actually really cool because so many, like, science-y, fiction-y, like, Michael Crichton stuff, it's like, you know, or yeah. the Relic or something, like, there, something happens by the end, they figure it all out and exactly why, and in the book, it's just like, w- this is, yeah. we're just trying to yeah, explain Yeah, it is very anti-Michael Crichton in yeah. the sense yes. that there is no, like, super satisfying, absolute clarity <laughs> by the end. Um and you can and make an, an argument that it's still super ambiguous in the movie. I mean, it really uh, it is, yeah. It, explicitly, like she's being interviewed by that guy from Doctor Strange, yeah. and <laughs> like yeah. he he just Madonna. He, yeah. he just says like, "Is it an alien?" She's like, "I don't know. I don't care." I thought she said like, "Yeah." Or I feel like they almost like, definitively said that, and with like the weird intro that they added of the like the meteorite coming down. Yeah, the that yeah. thing was just like, okay, well that's People pretty. People were walking yeah. out of the theater being like, "Oh, it's aliens." Yeah. Which and I was kind of excited for it to go the other way because in the introduction there's a, a point where she's like we don't know if it's alien or right. spiritual or biological and I was like cool like yeah that's, that's pretty that's right more scary yeah and I liked that uh, there was some level of explanation that was enough to keep you yeah. um, guessing and leaving the theater going huh I wonder I wonder I wonder because the you know there's that great um, scene in the opening where uh, the uh, she has a name in the film, right? In the book, she's just the biologist. Yeah. What do they call Lena. her? Lena yeah. is giving that lecture, and it's all about like how everything comes from cells, right? And, like and the, the cancer, it can be the distilled down cancer, to cells yeah. and yeah. cancer, which then becomes like the motif threaded throughout totally. the whole, uh, you know, struggle to understand area Boy, X, which is show up again. Yeah, it's just yeah. like there's a lot <laughs> about cells. Look at you even, looking in a microscope again, yeah. Lena. Good job. The, the conclusion where she's talking to Doctor Strange guy. And he's like, what did it want? He's like, it didn't want it. She's like, it didn't want anything. Right. You know, almost like a cancer doesn't want anything right. and a cell doesn't want anything. And yet. It still, mm-hmm. yeah, destroys stuff. Yeah. So there there was a little bit of like, huh, I don't know. Interesting. But one thing that drove me nuts. Here we and go. there's probably some of y'all in this room. Who mm-hmm. knows? Was that people seem to think that the ending, the and by that I mean the last shots, were more ambiguous than they oh, were. Oh, that yes. made me so My angry. Goodness. People are like, people oh, so are was it a idiots. copy or not a copy? I'm no, like, of course not. I don't think that's so far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> Shut <laughs> up, so, man. Like we saw so, the yeah. freaking copy turn back into the Windows screensaver and go in the hole. How did we Because there was only two no. on screen. I, look, we didn't see her walk. All the way back, right? <laughs> Are you yeah. saying some somewhere That's another true. one they just jumped out? They purposely didn't show us a lot of stuff. But it, but it, it seems so it ridiculous to me to say that they didn't leave some breadcrumbs to mm-hmm. make you think that there is a possibility. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. 
It was she might so be a copy as well. No, it was, it was like so clear. Real Lena gave fake Lena the phosphorus grenade. The fake Lena went in the hole, killed the shimmer. So by the time real Lena was like on the beach, the glass trees were falling down because everything was destroyed. Yeah, apparently because her like, own self-destruction had infected it's the It's like the Chitauri and Avengers. You just blow up the mothership and yeah. it all goes down. I guess down. so, but there's so much they didn't tell us like... There, there was. I mean, I'm not saying. Hey, I just said a big like, spoiler for Avengers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they said, uh, "Do you remember making these tents?" And they're like, "No, we don't remember." That. Sure. There's so like there's six all missing this, days. This stuff yeah. That they yeah. didn't tell us. And there's that but, weird number eight snake tattoo. But yeah, think about what it. is that? They, that was never explained. It's because it's here's here's what I think. I think they got infected by the shimmer. So even though the shimmer has been destroyed. Like real Lena came out, but yeah. she her DNA has been refracted. They, she was looking at so her that's own. That's theory. That's explicitly right, stated. Yeah. So by that's the why movie. her eyes glowed at the end. So sure, it's fake Kane. It's fake Oscar Isaacs. We know that because the real one sat there with the grenade and turned into that cool How skeleton that? sculpture. Yeah, because all her cells were replaced by on the screen. Because we <laughs> saw it. Like it was clear exposition. Like no, on no, no, screen. no, no, no. But wait, it was. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was not. A robot man sitting there. It was a human. Yeah. It was a real. Real Kane killed himself. Fake Kane left. Yeah. Oh right. Because right, right. he came back to her house and you know drank <laughs> they even the water made and their it went hair bloody. different so we could tell right. them apart. Slick back. Slick back is copy Kane. Yeah. 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 He thought that was the look to go for. Yeah. yeah he was <laughs> like, you know, you know what's cool in the world that I've never been in before. This cool greasy hair. He's like, this I'm is gonna subtle. Be, I'm gonna be everything about you except except I this one thing. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you this. I like and what the, you've done. Yeah. Let me let me see if I can improve on it just a touch. In the world of Area X, you know. In yeah. the film, you know, the book aside, just in the world of the film, mm. uh, why hasn't the military, I was asking this earlier, just rolled a tank in there and blown up the lighthouse? Because they, they said that for years, this thing has been expanding. Yeah. And they have been sending soldiers in right. with machine guns. And then they because just don't they come back Because they say that out. there's right. like something that, even if they're in a tank... What makes you think that they're not like riding a day in and then going bananas? I think didn't they say that they tried to send drones in, but I think there was the whole like yeah right. stuff doesn't work right. Right, and it doesn't right. Communicate. That, that whole thing where you can't like radio back because all the signals are are refracted. I think it was well. pretty clear that they had tried numerous different things and none of them would work. I didn't hear anything about a tank. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> that's what I wanted <laughs> to make. What a tank set. This is back to yeah. Matt. <laughs> where the tank set. <laughs> Matt Hughes is. Suggestion that if Skynet just made a if ball, they just or razor made a ball <laughs> of nails that exploded, it would be the best Terminator. <laughs> so I, know. I think the, that would, of course it would. It would roll under doors and explode, and John right, Connor listen, would die. Here's what we have from the movie. No, but wait, no one ever tried to explain the tattoo. I thought that oh, the, yeah. we see the tattoo on one of Oscar Isaac's troop members. Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, okay, so it's kind of like ringworm. I That's thought what shows that up when you're ring, ring the <laughs> area X had sure, it's like a staff infection. <laughs> yeah, had taken basically all of uh, Oscar Isaac's platoon, especially the gentleman with the snake intestines. Right, the who mold then explosion. became that fine art installation. Yeah. See, and I, I think <laughs> which was a, an incredible set piece. My I think it's yeah, implied that the thing or something. other giant mold explosions were other. Previous. Possibly, yeah. There's an inference yeah. there. Yeah. So that that guy had the tattoo. Yes. And uh, and he, it was clear that like had become a large part of you know, and like a lot had grown out of that fella, and they all came into contact with that 
Um, and then they all, you know, or at least it was implied that all, if not at least a few of them, had been infected the same way that he was infected because he was like his stuff was moving. And then um, uh, what's her face said that her hand, her palms were moving. Yeah. Uh, oh, before she went crazy yeah. and tied yes, into a chair. Yes, Gina Rodriguez. Then Natalie character, Portman's yeah. character examine. We see her examine her own cells, and we right. see that she and has we the also, same infection. When she's in the canoe after the alligator attack, she has like a she's like scratching her arm right there. Yeah. That's and right. There is no tattoo, and then yeah. later there is. So I think it's something to do with, like, it's weird that it's in like you know a figure eight of like a snake eating its tail, but. I think it's something to do it's with like their infection. DNA being yeah. manipulated by Area X. That's and it I seems thought. to be like uh, something to do with their will, right? Because they even said like... One uh, of you will face it. One of you... Like that part where Josie walks off and becomes a flower person. So Yeah. Right. And she said like, uh, why did you make it back? And it's like, because we had a reason to. Right. Yeah. Um, and like the ones... Because they even... Uh, one of the uh, strong points of the film were the performances. And I thought like the... The way that yeah. they dealt with like the people and what they were dealing with was really cool. Yeah, like uh, you know, th- she was having an affair, and to me, yeah, it was kind of like, oh, Oscar Isaac knew what he was doing, and she, he found out that about that and was like, went on the suicide mission because totally, yeah, his wife yeah, I, on I, yeah, him, I think yeah. so, and that's why she says to Ventress, she's like, because I owe it to him, right? Yeah. Like, so she's like, oh, I'm that the reason a, he yeah. went in there, that was so a pretty I have clever to go bit in. of writing. Yeah, that I thought cool. so because yeah. it wasn't really. As explained, well, no, I guess in the book there is the same. She's just like calling the military again and again and again to try and find out where he want, went. But I think I thought that that was a really good bit of writing by Alex yeah. Garland to explain her motivation to go in so quickly. So that it seems to me that like Area X is in the business of absorbing or refracting or copying things that it gets in some cases mutated versions like the alligator was a yeah. combination of different type. They right. were like, Oh, there's just different like types of species represented in yeah. this thing. Yeah. Just like she said about cancer. And so by the time she makes it back out, she's not the copy, but she is this mutated blend yeah. of right. infection, which is um, just like someone who has survived cancer. Like they are different now. Like when they come out the other side, they are, even though they are no longer, defined by that cancer they've been changed by it so they live a life that is different because of their interaction with cancer just like now lena will live a life that is different because of her interaction with area X. yeah that that's fair but it's just interesting that like uh i don't remember their names but tessa thompson turned into josie she turned into a scarecrow of uh plants right <laughs> yeah she sure and then, did uh, that was very weird quickly. another one so quickly blew up yeah. into yeah. a mold monster you know statue mold the statue yeah. guy yeah mold so mold like monster. it was like they were all being affected differently and it seemed yeah. like they had some kind of but cancer affects people differently sure but or it seems like if she if they had the will to get out they could have Mm. Well, Tessa Thompson, you know, she outright says that she doesn't want to leave anymore. Right. And she had Why been struggling so with self-harm. And, and the therapist went in with cancer knowing she wasn't going to get out. She said, I just have to see it before right. I'm done. Okay. She's like just trying to get to the show. Right. i got to get so to Grateful like Dead. Given up except for Lena. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. What? No, yeah. that's not what's weird. What's weird is that you and Abby still think it's possible that was a copy. I think it's no, be listen, I just read a theory for the tattoos that... Oh, yeah. Tell us the theory. Um supposed to be an early sign that maybe someone had been there before with a tattoo and it was one oh. of the ways to show that it was refracting DNA. That makes oh, that's sense. Good. Like, yeah, so like yeah. maybe but that soldier... That yeah. soldier did have a tattoo. Right, that soldier had the tattoo and so this is them like catching parts of his DNA. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like yeah. that. 
What do you mean the soldier just in the, the air? Tattoo. The soldier yeah. with the moving guts had the tattoo. Right, yeah. know, like on his arm. So like they all he, did. Right, no, but he became part of Area X. And so then when Lena and the other women went in after Oscar Isaac's team. But how do we know he was the first one with the tattoo is what I'm saying? Well, no, we don't. We but don't, it, but, but, but we just know we for a fact that there's been someone in Area X beforehand had who it. had that tattoo. Hmm. So it makes sense that it could then be replicated onto... At least it wasn't something like super offensive. You know? And it's that yeah. thing, you know. Maybe, it's that maybe thing. there... May, who knows what they got on other parts of it. It's that Aurora Borbos. Aurora Borbos. Aurora Borbos. It's a Borbos. It's that snake that eats its tail, you know I read something about how... Aurora Borealis. Like the the, the, <laughs> the <laughs> scary bear. Scare bear. Scare bear. <laughs> like, I read something about how a lot of cancer patients, like, their worst fear is that the only way they'll Here be remembered the by their... <laughs> yeah. This is my official theory on the movie. Like, that cancer patients, their only... Their biggest fear is that the only way they'll be remembered by their loved ones is just as, They're like, sick, a grotesque, sick. like, screaming, dying thing. Bear. Um, a bear? Not necessarily a bear. <laughs> I'm a bear. But that that, that, yeah. <laughs> that would be a horrifying way to remember someone. Um, but that, that that bear was like a nod to that aspect of... Like there, a lot of people are saying like, oh, Alex Garland wrote a movie that's about cancer. I think it's just a creepy bear. Apparently well, I, I it exists that, in that some could, cultures. And that could be true. My wife that was telling bear, me that a like... Mixed, a mixed Like a hyena bear, bear that like cr- like is that outside of camp human and <laughs> screams... No, that it's like some kind of scary <laughs> god that like screams people's names in the night and then they leave the village and it eats them. No. Like it yeah. exists in like in some half, cultures. He's saying my wife was, read an article and told me about it and I believe her. All right, all right. So let me ask you this. That's what happens. That's what happens. How come some of them got copies... Yeah, and some of them didn't. Is it an, like a will to live? Because if we Oscar Isaac didn't seem like he had a will to live. As no, much. but he made it to the lighthouse. Maybe if Ventress had made it there and not given up, she also would have been copied. Yeah, but because who got copied? Lena and Lena and Kane. They both made it to the lighthouse. Yeah, but the therapist weird, didn't because they got to the center thing. of the cancer. Yeah, I don't think that there's necessarily a methodical. Uh, it's all refracted. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, it's just whatever happens. It's just happens. weird. It's almost like cancer. Like you know, the cancer thing does you, man, hold up. Obviously, some of that was pretty. That I didn't come up with evident, <laughs> but you know, David Cronenberg, who many would argue is in one of the fathers of the body horror mm-hmm. genre, uh, his remake of The Fly was entirely and deliberately a, a cancer parable. Right, which was instead of being like, oh, the guy comes out of the thing with a fly head. He thought, what if it was about like the slow deterioration of a right. person that yeah. becoming something that they weren't before? And there's obviously a lot Amazing of that in movie. there. But uh, Matt, I wanted to point out to you something I read online, which is that uh, I didn't know this, but apparently Paddington the bear <laughs> is named after... Paddington Station? Paddington Station. So on the set, they named uh, the mutant bear Homerton. Because uh, the town, the village they're in is, is called Homerton? Well, they just said that it's also a uh, station in East London, but that is not nice. It's like kind oh, of it's yeah, like a down. Gross also, Homer yeah. is a character in The Simpsons. <laughs> right, and he lives in a town <laughs> yeah. called Springfield. I get it. And there was a bear in an episode of The Simpsons yeah. once. Refraction. Mm-hmm. Several bears, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's all refraction. It's all well, refraction. Here we are. It all comes back to Simpsons and Cancer. refraction. So, you know, the, the one great thing that you can say in Annihilation's favor is that here we are arguing about it in a way that's really fun and interesting and um you know instead of and god knows we all well not we all but god knows a lot of us really love the marvel movies 
Um, and they're a different sort of experience, but you come out arguing about like, you know, who would win a fight or yeah. whether or not one part was good or not, rather than, I don't know, was it, was it brilliant or was it right. <laughs> silly? Yeah, yeah with the exception of Matt, we're all saying we didn't like the ending, but all said we liked the movie. Yeah, that's that, right. That's something to say. But didn't hey, hate uh, the ending. Didn't hate the ending? No, I didn't hate. I didn't hate the ending. Could have been a copy, for all we know. Sure. <laughs> Let me ask you this: He wasn't a copy. Who do you think would win in a fight between that bear and that alligator? Shoot that bear, man! <laughs> yeah, that bear would get scared. That alligator what if it was, was in the water. Crazy. Oh well, <laughs> well that's well. different. <laughs> that alligator got shot like twenty-five times. Yeah, what ended up killing going. it? It's because Natalie <laughs> Portman <laughs> like knelt down and shot it like a soldier. Yeah. Instead of just the um, can't Gino Rodriguez just shooting it like a paramedic. <laughs> I know everyone here is allergic to trailers, but I kept thinking during that screensaver scene at the end about my buddy who asked about refraction, just what he must be thinking, but also about, I don't know, if, did anyone watch trailers before? I watched them after the movie. I, did. it, I didn't. It's pretty interesting thinking like they marketed it more as like kind of a weird like action movie there's a lot of like footage of her shooting that gun and oh stuff. really mm-hmm. that's and interesting i totally thought like especially hearing people talk as we were like leaving the theater wow people like saw this and thought it was just kind of like an action movie with this weird like there's a shot of like the skull bear and like i'm sure that's what they thought they were getting into so by the time it got to like capri sun man i'm sure half the people in there were just very what, confused yeah, about yeah. what are we doing you think yeah. capri sun man would have been uh nice to her if she not tried to like blow him up yeah, what if them. she just would have opened her arms to embrace? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem too smart when the, she handed it that grenade. It <laughs> no, was then like, she as was soon as it... What is bomb? Well, no, because I think <laughs> that... No. <laughs> hey, the ten of you that went to see Annihilation, what the heck did you think? Please leave a comment on this episode. Let us know if you side with us, if you don't side with us. That's what's most important to us personally as lovers of film. Not necessarily what you think about movies, but whether or not it lines up with what we think about movies. I'm only kidding. Uh, Leave a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com. While you're there, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Why why wouldn't you have done that uh, a long time ago? We're more than 100 episodes into this thing. Don't you care? Don't you want this thing to stay around? Think about it.